All right, what's up, People's Church? Y'all feeling good today? Come on, let's give Jesus a big round of applause for the presence Amen. of the Lord. Come on, do you sense the presence of God Praise in this place where two or three are gathered together in his name? He's here with us. I'm excited about what God's going to do. He's going to encourage somebody. Somebody's going to be healed today. Somebody's going to be saved today. Marriages, relationships are going to be built up today. Yeah. We're pumped about it. You know, I'm so excited to be here, too, because um, some of you don't know this. Uh, I was last year or in 2020 diagnosed with breast cancer. In all of 2021, I went through surgery, chemotherapy, uh, radiation, and it was during that time that your pastors, Pastor Herbert and Pastor Tiffany, they invited Ken and I to come and be a part of this weekend. And we said yes, you know, we, yes, of course we wanna be here. But then in the process of me overcoming cancer, there was thoughts in my mind saying, you know what, you're not gonna be able to make it to Oklahoma. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to speak. Look at you. Look at, you don't have any hair. You can hardly stand up. You're not going to be able to make this. You might as well give up now. But how many of y'all know that the devil is a liar? I made it. Not only did I make it, I stand before you with a new diagnosis, cancer free. Come on. Come on, somebody. Let's give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. And so I am so excited yeah. to be here today. And I just want to let you know, no matter what you're going through, the enemy will speak to you and tell you you need to quit now, that yeah. you're not going to make it. But the devil is a liar. liar. Don't quit. Keep going. You will see the victory in Jesus' name. Come on. Name. Would you put your hands together and just thank God? Because if he's done it before, he can do, it again. do it again. Amen. Amen. Now, we pastor a church called Alive Church, and so we love when people are alive. Are y'all awake this morning? Y'all ready? We love feedback. Yeah. We don't want this to be a monologue, so you can say, preach it. You can stand up, scream at us, say, go ahead, curly head dude, preach it. I mean, just, <laughs> just let us have it because we want to create a dialogue. We're pumped to be with you guys today. Yes. I don't know if you know this or not, but you got some of the greatest pastors on the planet. Did you guys know that? Little pity pass. Come on, somebody. I've, I've been in ministry 20 years. I've been a lead pastor for 15 years. I know I look young, and that's the anointing. Praise the Lord. Um, I, I know a good church when I'm in one. The presence of the Lord is in this Absolutely. place. Not only that, there's revival winds blowing in this house. You might, not, you might not know it. Take my word on this, okay? God wants to use this church not just to change OKC in Indianapolis, but the nations of the world will be touched by the people that you're sitting beside. God wants to do something significant in this moment. There's an end-time harvest of souls that this church is responsible, has a part to play to help usher in, all right? And so we're excited to be here with you guys. Um, we give honor to Pastor Herbert and Tiffany. We love you guys. They're, they're our new best friends. Absolutely. <laughs> they're our new best you're friends. You're stuck with us now. Yeah, we, we love you guys. I'm pumped to be here. I'm Ken. This is Tabitha. We've been married 22 years, y'all. 22 years. Come on. We've been married 22 years. It has been the best 20 years of our lives. He's right. He's right. You do the math. The first two years was absolutely horrible. But now that she got herself together, we're doing a whole lot better. <laughs> you have to clean that up later. Yeah, yeah. So. No, no. It, it, a lot of it was me. But really, a lot of it was but It was both of us. Um, you know, I was prideful and I was selfish and I just didn't know how to be a husband. And so for the first two years was absolutely horrible. But God did a work in our heart. 
He taught us some things in God's, in his word, um, certain principles of how I could love my wife like Christ loved the church and, and, and serve her and honor her and build her up and vice versa. And so now I'm happy to report that um, we're best friends. So we turn the thing around. Isn't that good news? So change is possible. You can be as ratchet as you want to be right now, but your, your, your breakthrough's coming. New beginnings and fresh starts is here. Amen. And so out of our union, I think we have a picture of our family very quickly. If you could put that up. Um, my oldest, her name is Hannah. There I got a 16-year-old high schooler. Y'all pray for me. Charity, who's 12 years old. I have a middle schooler. Y'all pray mm -hmm. for me. That's and, my uh, mini-me, Charity. And then Kenny, he is 10 years old, and he's in elementary. That's your mini-me. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> so we have a high schooler, middle schooler, elementary school, so y'all yeah. know we're a little busy. But we love, and I mean love, to minister to married people, and we love to minister to families. And I will say this as well. For those of you all who are here, of course, we did a marriage conference, and it was just dynamite. I am going to go back and try to do the same conference <laughs> that I just saw, use the same agenda, everything. That's how good it was. But today is not just for married people. And if you're single in the house today, I want you to know that you can be single and satisfied. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right. You can be single Don't and whole. Don't you wish you knew that when you were single? You can, you can be single and fulfilled. Because so many times, married people, we talk all this marriage people stuff because we need help. That's why. We, we really do. There's so many married people, they don't know what to do. We yes, need help. Sir. But I don't want you as a single person to feel that you're less than because truthfully, Paul wasn't married. Jesus wasn't married. You can be single and satisfied. Yeah. But here's the deal. 1 Corinthians 7 says that if you're going to be single, you need to be more about the work of the Lord than anybody else. Single people ain't saying nothing no more. <laughs> you should be the first one leading a group. You should be the first one signing up for the mission field. You should be the first one saying, hey, pastor, can we start a new campus? I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there early. Single people ain't saying nothing at all. It's okay. But, um, but I want you to know that um, we're going to give you a cheat code today. For those of you all who are single, if you decide to ever be married one day, we don't want you to have the drama we had. So we're going to give you the cheat code. Some shortcuts. We're going to give you the shortcuts. We're going to give you the behind-the-scenes look so that you can know exactly what to do to have God's best in your relationship. Sir. Are y'all ready for this? If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Oh, that, that was just a whisper. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. All right, let's go. Um, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Pray for everybody. Father, we love you today. Thank you for bringing us all in yes, this place. Lord. We know that we're not here by coincidence, yes, but our footsteps have been ordered, ordered. by the Lord. Mm. And so we open up our heart to receive from you. We open up our ears. Let us hear what you need us mm. to hear. Open up our eyes and let us see what you need us to see. We come against every distraction in Jesus' name, yes, and we Lord. call forth your gifting, Father. We call forth the power of God to be released in this place. And we promise to be a doer of the word and give you glory for everything that you do in our lives in Jesus name if you agree with amen. that a big hearty amen right there all right of course today we're continuing in a series called winning anybody here interested in winning in your life come on I'm here to prophesy your losing days is over praise God and so we hear we've been talking about winning and different things of course and we want to help you overcome defeat and get back your life and today's message is entitled winning in marriage winning in marriage all right I want to start at first Corinthians chapter 15 verse number 57 all my winners say let's go let's go let's go, let's go, let's go. all right now who you got for tonight you how many y'all got the Rams let me see about show hands Anybody got okay how many y'all got Cincinnati for tonight how many y'all know that the Super Bowl is happening tonight some of y'all don't know what today is it's okay <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, let's read it together, ready, read. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God gives us victory through Jesus, all right? This is important because 
we already have victory. That's right. All right? Victory over sickness, it's done. Somebody shout, it's done. It's done. Victory over depression, it's already yours. Victory over addiction, it's already been done on Calvary's cross. Yep. Victory over a bad relationship, generational curses of divorce, relational uh, turmoil. I want you to know that it's already finished. It's already yours. So we are not fighting from a position to get victory. We already got the victory. We're fighting from the position to keep it. Would you shout this by faith? I have the victory. You know, the Bible tells us that we fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. The fight is good because the fight is fixed. We win. We already win. Jesus has already given us the victory. And so when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I knew that I already had the victory. So I wasn't the sick fighting to get healed. I was the healed because I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus fighting to keep my health. It was a position of faith, a posture of faith that I'm already, I already have the victory. And as believers, we're victorious. All right. So in your marriage and in your relationships, you already have the victory, but it doesn't come without intentionality. That's right. The manifestation of that victory really takes intentional effort for the believer. Just like the fight for your health, the fight for the joy of the Lord to overcome depression, all of these things, you have to apply your faith. And so today we want to help you move your relationship and your marriage from losing to winning. Okay. We want to help you. So now this, we, we, listen, I've been pastoring for a while. I realize there's somebody who's here watching online that your relationship is hanging on by thread. Mm. The Holy Spirit wants to help you today. There's a better tomorrow that's on its way. I know some of you all here, you have a good marriage, but it ain't great. We want to move you from good to great. Some of y'all together because it's cheaper to keep. I understand. We're going to help you today. <laughs> Some of you all, you have a great marriage, but we want it to be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. We, how many of y'all believe that there's room for growth? Come on, anybody here still hungry to grow Absolutely. from one level of faith to another level Absolutely. of faith? And we've been married 22 years, but we kind of feel like we're still getting ourselves together and we're still learning what God wants us to do because we understand that there's new levels in Jesus, yes. all right? And so we want to help you move from losing. We want to help you win to move to winning. And our marriage was not always winning. You know, there was a time where I had a plan to divorce my wife, and um, this was a long time ago. Everybody say long time ago. I always make the joke that we've been married for 22 years. It's been the best 20 years of my life because the first two years was hard. The first two years, I had a plan to divorce my wife. I went and told my dad. I said, I want to I divorce my wife. And you know, you, you, when you start prepping family members, you're serious. And I went to my dad and he said, why you want to leave her? I said, because she don't do this and she don't do this and she don't do that. You know how some of y'all do. You got this long laundry list of petty things, right? And he looked at me and he said, so? Go, dad. And that's all he said. He didn't even give me no counsel. He didn't go through scripture. He just said an anointed so. How many of y'all know there's an anointing on a powerful two-letter word called so? Because some of y'all are making a, a molehill, a mountain. It ain't yes. no big deal. Okay, okay, he leave out the dishes. Okay, he leave the lights on. Okay, she, she, she's not timely. So what? What does that have to do with the covenant that you made on God's altar till death that's do right. you part? Would somebody just shout so? I need to get this in your spirit. So what? Are y'all here with me today? And so, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. And a few months ago, I taught a message on the power of your testimony. And um, I'm not going to get into it, but we kind of posted this thing because everybody was posting on social media. Have you seen this? People post how it started. 
how it's going. How many of y'all seen that? Where people like post a picture of themselves years ago and a picture of themselves now. And so this was ours right here. I wanted you guys to see it, how it started. That's me and Tabitha. And as you can see, she always been fine. Come on, somebody. Hey, 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 hey. The straw to my berry. Hey, the chocolate to my cake. Um, but I look high and drunk, and I look upset at life. Just telling the truth up in people's church. But that's how it started. How it's going. Joy of the Lord. Fulfillment. Amen. How it started. A marriage headed for divorce. How it's going. Best friends, 22 years, three children, preaching marriages around. The, so I want you to know that no matter where you are right now, people can change. I want you to know that new beginnings can happen today, but it happens on the inside of you before it ever happens on the outside of you. It really does. Amen. Yeah, so, but that's where we were. And so if I, where I was, y'all, I was really messy. So part of the reason that we had a terrible marriage the first two years, probably 75% of it was me. I'll take the heat for that one. But I was, um, just a little bit about my past. I had born and raised in the projects. My dad died when I was six, and then I was raised by my grandmother, who then died when I was 12. Then I lived in a home with domestic violence, alcoholism. I was sexually violated, physically violated, verbally violated. Um, and at the age of 12 years old, I was diagnosed with depression. Then at the age of 21, I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety disorder. I was heavily medicated. I would have panic attacks. And I had no example of what a wife was. I had no example of what a, a husband was. I didn't see a marriage. And so it was really hard for me when we first got married. Like, I didn't know how I needed to get myself together, let alone try and help out my husband. And so we were in a really hard place, and we had to find a way out. Yeah, yeah. And so... We want to share with you guys today the principles that we used to move our marriage from losing to winning, yes. right? And I asked Tabitha to kind of put a few principles that she had together because, you know, Absolutely. we can go down through the murky past and y'all would be y'all be like, I remember, I'll tell you one real quick. Let me see how much time I got. I don't know. There's no time on this one. Put some time on this one. It's all said zeros. And I'm a long-winded preacher. I need some help. Here's the deal. I remember, um, I remember, um, I had a, uh, I wanted to divorce my wife and my friends, my single friends on my senior year of college, we got married senior year, they wanted to go to Cancun, um, to spring break Cancun. Y'all remember MTV had spring break in Cancun? This is not a good idea when you're married to go with your single friends to, all right, this is where I was. And so in my mind, I wanted to meet um, an R&B singer named Maya, this little light-skinned chick Don't named get Maya. in trouble up in church, I know, baby. I know, but I'm just gotta keep it real, I'm 100 with the people today. And I said, man, if I meet Maya, I'm not going back. I went to, I went to Cancun. Listen to me, I went to Cancun, I got into a freestyle rap contest, won me a bottle of tequila. I didn't, went, I didn't meet Maya, so I came back home. And thank God, that God got hold of my heart when I came back home. Amen. But because as, as much junk as I had in the trunk, I was gonna tear up my relationship. I was, I was just gonna destroy my marriage. And it would have been the worst decision I ever made. I, I had no idea who she would become today. All I could see is who she was. I had no idea that she would be this woman of God, this wonderful mother, this wonderful Amen. preacher of the gospel. Amen. Okay. And so we gotta give each other a chance. We gotta give each other a chance. So we're here to help today. Are y'all ready for this? Somebody shout, I'm ready. So share with us a few principles that we used. Now, you can take it or leave it. Take the meat, leave the bones. Absolutely. This is just what we did, okay? Yep. We just want to share with you guys a few principles that we used to move our marriage from losing to winning. To winning. Okay, so the first thing I had to do was to define 
my role as a wife. Might want to write that down. Come on, ladies. Write that I down. had to find out what is a wife? What does that mean? What am I supposed to do? How do I fulfill being a wife? Yeah. And so I was young and growing in the things of God, and I found out that God created marriage. God made the husband and wife. So why don't I go to the Bible and find out what God has to say about it? And what I found out is that God created man and woman. God created man and then said, it's not good that man should be alone. Let me make a help meet for him. And so now there's my first description as a wife is that I am a helpmeet or a helper to my husband. And so I just said, let me find out what he needs help with and start helping him. And at the time I was young in my career and I didn't have kids yet. So I had a lot of extra time on my hands. And so I just started cooking. I started cooking his favorite food. Oh, I started yes. figuring out, you know, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This man had food to eat. Come on, and even I would make lunches for him to pack to lunch. Yes. And then at the time, because our marriage was still rocky, I'd make a big old, his favorite is like fried chicken, mashed potatoes, greens, cornbread. Yes. Like I would hook it up. Yes. This man doesn't come home for dinner. What did I do? I didn't return evil for evil. I just let kindness be the law of my tongue. I just went ahead, put all the food away. I put his food on a plate, really nice, y'all. Good presentation, wrapped it in saran wrap, wrote, took a marker and put Ken on it with a big old heart with a smiley face in the middle so that when he came home, he just saw, saw his food sitting there on the table. Now, let me stop you right there because I feel some woman just cringing right now. Hey. And she's like, I would never do that for him because you don't know how he treats me and he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that and here's the truth many of us want to harvest without sowing a seed mm -hmm. and you first got to treat people like you want them to be see some of you all say if he did this then I'll do that no mm -hmm. why don't you do that then he'll do this and so sometimes we have to sow a seed towards what we want our spouse to become remember the Bible says call things that be not as though they are until they are Amen. that's just not with your words that's also with your attitude what if you treated him like the the man that he could become? Exactly. What if you treated her like the woman that she could become? Could they step into their destiny based upon your behavior towards them? That ain't easy. <laughs> that takes a lot of maturity. So what you heard was faith in God. God, I believe that you're going to protect me. You're going to provide for me better than I ever could for myself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was walking by faith. Walking by and faith. And so I just continued to just to help you. Yeah. I would do things like um, iron your clothes. Come on. I nice. know. Iron your clothes. Go yeah. in the closet. Yeah. Iron the clothes. Hang them back up. So all he had to do was just take it out and put it on. Yeah. I had this thing called Ken's Night, mm. where every Tuesday night, I would have Ken's Night, where I would either give him a mani-pedi, I would give him a head massage, a body massage, and then I would do all of those fun things that husband and wives are supposed hey, to do Hey, come together. on. Y'all saw the footage. Hey. Right? Every was Tuesday uh, night, come on. we had Ken's night. Ken's but night. all I was doing was trying to find out what would help him relax. How can I help you throughout your day? Just whatever I could do to help him. And the focus wasn't on what he could do for me. I was just focusing on what I could do for him. Because I didn't have to answer to God about what he does and what he doesn't do. I just had to answer to God about me. And when I took care of him, sowed seeds into him, God took care of me. See, I can fight with him all day long and him not get anywhere. But if I just go to God and let God fight with him, I've already won. God, we're giving y'all good groceries today. And you know what happened? 
because she started treating me that way, then I said, oh my goodness, I'm not going to let you out bless me. Then yeah. I started looking for opportunities to do the same thing to her because she was sowing a seed. So that was the harvest that she was getting. Write this down. Somebody has to be the hero in the home. Come on. Should it, will it be you or should we look for another? <laughs> Somebody has to be the hero. See, my pastor used to say all the time, it takes two fools to fight. Ain't nobody fighting by themselves. That's right. Blah, 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 blah. It takes somebody else. See, if you just, you know, and so the word of the Lord is don't be no fool. Mm -hmm. Not in 2022, 2021, you acted a fool. Not 2022. There's too much purpose. There's too much anointing. There's too much glory. There's too much that God wants mm -hmm. to do. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, don't be no fool. Don't be no, don't, don't be, don't be no fool. All right. Anything else? What else? I found something else. Okay. In defining my role as a wife, Ephesians 5.22 in the Phillips version, it says that wives must learn to adapt yourself to your husbands. I became adaptable. And what that means is I just started to say, okay, what are the things that you like? What are the things that you want in your life? Because as a help me, I am to help you uh, you know, accomplish the things that you want in your life, but then also I'm going to adapt to what it is that you need. Now, so instead of being like, okay, I'm going to cook dinner, but I'm going to cook what I like because that's what I like to do. So my mom is German and Irish. I know all kinds of German and Irish dishes, sauerkraut, cabbage, potatoes. That's the kind of stuff that I grew up on, and that's what I like. He don't like that. And so I started to adapt to him and make the foods that he likes, all of the soul food and things that he likes. He likes basketball. I like basketball. We went ahead, and now I like LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron fan because he's a LeBron fan. He liked to ski. Now I like to ski. I just adapted to what he liked, and it, it, it helped us become best friends, but it also helped me just support yeah. him. Yeah, and it's, it goes both ways. I mean, wives adapt to the husbands. Husbands adapt to, I mean, you know, we meet each other in the middle, but I think there's a special grace that God gives to the woman of God to be able to adapt um, that way. Because if you don't do that, you always have separate hobbies and separate friends, and then you'll have separate lives. And there's something about the two becoming one that's so powerful. Okay, it's very easy to say, well, he likes golf. I don't want anything to do about it. He likes the fish. I don't want anything. I can't stand them worms. I don't even want to be out there. Well, okay, that's a great position. But would you rather him go out with Chuck and Buddy and hang out with them bearded dudes all the time? Right. I would much rather as a man take my wife to the game and hang out with because she's soft and she smells good and I like her and everything. But see, what we have to do, the two have to become one. Absolutely. Like we can have new things that we do together. And sometimes it's not even adaptability. Sometimes we need new adventures that we create together. Yes. Where we just get new things that will excite us that we find out and we grow in together. And I want to say this as well because some people will hear that she might have been like Susie Homemaker. And in the moment, she wasn't. You know, and I mean, I thank God for those who are stay at home moms, because to me, that's a more important job than any other job. You know, before I was a pastor, I was an entrepreneur and we owned a real estate brokerage and she was our CFO of the company. And so even years before she was making six figures, even years before we started our company, mm -hmm. she was doing these things, these Ken's nights as a Come boss, on. as a CEO, as a woman of God with an education and a degree. Yeah. You know? Well, I just found I, I took the position of this is, you know, my husband, this is my man, this is my family. This is my life. No one else can live it for me. So people can think what they want to think. But for me and my house, we're going to be happy. I'm going to have a great relationship with my husband. Early in ministry, I heard one wife say, I'm going to be adaptable to, I'm so adaptable to my husband that I fit him like a tailor-made suit. She said, I fit my husband like a glove. And I was like, oh, snap. I'm, that 
That's me. I, I'm just that kind of person. Like, I want to fit my husband like a glove. Baby, whatever you need, I know based on how God defines a wife that I have the ability to adapt to meet your needs, which is really the needs of our family. Yeah. And so if you're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. And so anyway, I just, yeah, I just, I'm like, no one's going to take care of my man better than me. No one's going to come to church talking about, Pastor Ken, you're so wonderful. They're not going to praise my man better than I praise my man. Yeah. Right? But sometimes you have to do that by faith. You have to do it by I didn't faith. I wasn't worthy of, yeah. of it before. In the beginning, it's not. Yeah. But don't give up. Yeah. Just keep on doing what you know to do, and yeah. you will see the fruit. So good. Yeah, so good. Absolutely. So good. All right, I'll share with you guys a few of mine, if you don't mind, a few things that we did to take our marriage from losing to winning, all right? Um, I place the value on covenant. Men, please write this down. Even ladies, this is for everybody, all right? Somebody shout, this is for me. I, you didn't shout it, you whispered it, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm not offended. Um, I place the value on covenant. Now, it's important to understand that there are covenant relationships and divine connections. Mm -hmm. This is the relationships that you have in your life that God brings together, and there's relationships that will be tried by fire, and you really have to fight for covenant relationships. The highest form of a covenant relationship is the husband and the wife. What God has brought together, let no man put asunder. And if you really value covenant relationships, like I said in marriage conference, you have to put the D word on the altar, the word divorce. Too many times uh, we threaten divorce, we meditate on divorce, we thinking about divorce, we talk about, hey, I'm leaving, I'm out of here, I wish I never married you, bye Felicia. You, and it's killing your relationship. Now I understand if there's been a biblical out, abuse, adultery, um, abandonment. Okay, you need counseling. That's something else. But I'm talking about these unreconcilable difference where I just feel like I'm falling out of love. Mm -hmm. Love is a choice followed by an action. It's not yes. just an emotion. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're falling out of love, you don't really know what love is because it's not something that we stumble into. It's something that we grow into and we can grow out of. People say, well, I just, I'm looking for the grass to be greener on the other side. You need to water your own grass. Quit looking Come over on. the fence, looking at somebody else's grass because they fertilize in their grass while your grass is brown. You need to go home and water your own grass so that people can look at your grass and say, how beautiful is that grass? You know, are y'all here with me today? Now I got all locked into the grass and forgot what I was saying. But it was about placing a value on covenant, all right? And so... Um, we want to get rid of this d divorce word and get rid of shutting down. I was a master shutdowner. So if we get into an argument, I leave the house for hours at a time, maybe even days. I just wanted to punish her. Then I come home and just give her the silent treatment. Like she talked to me, I just walked right past her, just fleshy. I kept on talking. And just mean. You, you talk all the time. Lord, help me. <laughs> but, you know, you got to get rid of this word divorce because God hates divorce. The first marriage I ever did was to Neil and Melanie Geiswhite 14 years ago. They had already been through, they were in the mid-40s, late-40s at the time, 14 years ago, and they had already been through a, um, failed marriages, both of them. And they said, um, you know what, we're going to get married this time. We want to do it God's way. Mm -hmm. And they did something in their, their ceremony, their wedding ceremony. I had never seen it before, never seen it since, but it was so powerful. You know how in wedding ceremonies people do like the unity sand or they do the unity candle or they have somebody singing a song or do communion and all those things are good. But this couple decided to go and get their family dictionary and they brought their family dictionary. They put it on a podium on the altar and then they went and got scissors hand in hand and they walked over to the family dictionary, flipped it open to the word divorce and together cut the word divorce out of the family dictionary. 
Now, that's a word of the Lord for somebody today. You need to go home and you need to take the word divorce out of your mouth. You need to take it out of your heart. You need to take it out of your mind because God hates divorce and we hate what God hates and we love what God loves. It's easy to make those threats, but that's what we call below the belt. And there are certain stuff in your marriage that is toxic and it's just below the belt. It's like flag on the play. Like tonight, there's gonna be some personal fouls in the Super Bowl, 15 yard penalty, flag on the play. You know, like talking to somebody emotionally about what's the problems in your marriage, flag on the play. Somebody shout flag on the play. That's below the belt. There are certain things that we just got to get rid of and say, I make a covenant and a commitment today that there are certain things that I just won't do. Throwing pots and pans, flag on the play. Don't do it. That's below the belt, right? I'm talking negatively. You just so ugly. You don't gain so much weight. Don't I wish I'd have married your brother. Flag on the play. Come Please on, that's below the that. belt. There's certain things that you just can't do because you are sowing seeds. There's some words, don't you wish? People say sticks and stones will hurt, won't hurt my bones, that's but right. words will never hurt me. Those words do hurt. And they come back 10 years later. You be reminded, remember what you said to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it does matter what you say. Absolutely. You got a place of value on covenant. Number two, I began to see her how God sees her. Somebody say amen. amen. You have to begin to see your spouse how God sees your spouse. You know how when you first get married, you are in the infatuation stage of your relationship, or better yet, when you first meet, and you got butterflies in your stomach. Anybody remember them days? Butterfly days? I mean, when I first met her, I mean, I did butterflies, you know? You get married, it turns into gas. I mean, those butterflies. Hey. But, how many of y'all know? Butterflies don't last. Butterflies go away. Because real love is based upon commitment and it's unconditional. It's not based upon feelings and emotions. And so when you first, the infatuation stage, endorphins are released, the happy stuff. I mean, oh my God, I love you. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> to be loved, to be loved. That's Eddie Murphy, don't worry about that one. <laughs> I mean, everything is just great. I mean, when I first met her, I loved her cooking. I couldn't believe she could cook like she could cook. I, I, she was soft. She smelled good. I loved her jokes. I loved her personality. I loved everything that she did. You know, the Bible's, you know, people say that love is blind. Marriage has a way of ripping off that blindfold. Mm -hmm. And the same person that you loved everything about now, you're like, oh my God, you're so ashy. Can you put on lotion? Right? Oh my goodness, you're so trifling. Why don't you make up the bed? Do I got to make up the bed all the time? You're not, you're, you're not funny. You're just silly. You're like a clown. Quit, you know, everything. Your food, you fix the same food all the time. But we you know? see all the mistakes in the other person and forget that we're just as bad. You know, it's like you, you let he who is, has not sinned cast the, the first stone. Come on, y'all. Or he who is without sin cast yeah. the first stone. Yeah. You, you know, we see the log in somebody, uh, in the, the, the splinter in someone else's eye and the law and forget that we have a log in our own. Okay, let's be truthful. How many of you all know that you have some, some idiosyncrasies to yourself? Some things about you that might be hard to love, but people, okay? So we all have them. So it's easy to judge the other person. And this might be too much information. Sometimes her heels are dry. And it's just a pet peeve. And I'm like, would you please, coconut oil, buttercream, you know what I'm saying? But she can't see her heels like I can see her heels, you know? And I'm always like, oh my God, like would you put lotion on your feet? And I looked at my feet this morning before I came to church and I had the driest feet that you've ever seen in your life. Meanwhile, his whole body from head to toe is, is dry, dry. But I can't see but my, my feet, heels but I can see him. hers. You know, isn't that marriage where you can see the other person's problems, but you can't see yours? 
But see, we forget, babe, you know, we forget that we, we get married and then we have the awesome privilege to see the most intimate areas of one another's lives. Yeah. Before we were married, we weren't, you know, if you, especially if you do it the right way. We didn't do it the right way, but, you know, most of us, you know, you can do it the right way. If you do it the right way, you haven't been there. You know, you, don't, you haven't been living together. You're not in the bedroom together. You don't see how they tear up their closet and you don't see how they brush their teeth and stuff. But when we become husband and wife, we have the privilege to see the most intimate parts of people's lives. How dare we judge each other? Ooh. In those areas. Yeah. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Like before we were married, I wish I had a husband who I could share my sink with. I wish I could see his toothbrush over there. But then we get married and have the audacity to be like, look yeah. at his toothbrush over there. No, this is a privilege that yeah. we get You're to behind do. the curtain. Yeah. You're in the most holy place. Yeah, that, Come on, that I would still say I love you even though I know the deepest flaws. Wow. Well, we preaching better than you clapping, so I don't even curve. Go back to Florida where it's warm. So you got to see your husband how God sees him. And you have to see your wife how God sees her. And that's God's daughter that you married. And it's God's son that you married. So you married royalty. No matter how they act or no matter how they behave, you've married royalty and you need to start treating them that way. Would the church please say amen? Last but not least, my principle would be to move from losing to winning is that we got around other couples who have strong marriages. And this one is huge. Everybody say it's huge. it's huge. One of our problems in the beginning of our marriage is that all of our friends were single. We were obviously married a little young and all of our friends were single. And as a married person, you have to intentionally invest in other healthy married couples to be in relationship with. I'm not saying that you have to lose all of your single friends, but you need to adjust because this is a new season and a new day, and you need some relationships with other married couples that are in your life. I remember going out to the club this long time ago. Stop judging me. Everybody say long time ago. Just to preface this, in 20 years, I've not cheated on my wife, not even flirted with another woman, no pornography in 20 years. God can make a change in anybody, okay? But I was crazy before, and I remember going to the club, and I'd take my ring off because I didn't want anybody to see. And I just go out there and party and hang out and everything, right? And so um, I had the wrong friends, you know? I needed to invest in some married couples that love the Lord and, and to invest in those relationships. One of the best things that we did is that we went to a married couple in our church that we liked the fruit that was in their life. And we asked them to be our mentors. And I wasn't no needy guy. I didn't need you call me every day or meet me at Starbucks at 5 a.m. every Wednesday and Friday. And, and help. No, I just needed you to speak into my life, identify blind spots that I might have. I gave you the open door. We both grown people here. But I know the biblical thing is that I need covering. I need, I need accountability and I also need an example. They had a blended family and they ran it so very well that I was so impressed. And I just wanted them to live out their life before me. And somebody needs to hear this today because you hear the announcements about small groups and you hear the announcements and the statements that real life change happens in the context of relationships, but you don't really take it personal. That really your healing is found in community and you are not been designed to do life alone. One of the worst things about COVID is that it isolated people. It caused people to think that they could do Christianity by themselves, but it's never been designed to do it alone. And so I want to give you a couple of easy next steps. I just believe that it's not the hearers, but the doers of the word that shall be blessed. Do I have any doers? 
in the house today. Anybody that's like, I'm going to run with some of these principles. Here's what I want to ask you to prayerfully consider. I want, I want you to, to, to find a marriage group if you're married. Get in a group, man. I want you to find a marriage group. Find a group of other married people that you can just get hot with, honest, open, and transparent with. Some people are like, I just don't want to put my business in the streets. This ain't the streets. Look at this place. What, what are you talking about? You mean pride is causing you to withhold without letting people come in and minister to help you be more like Jesus. You need a group. And I want to encourage you to get into a marriage group today. Go to the lobby and just sign up. Even if you can only go once or twice, go as much as you can. Some of y'all need to be in a group, but then others of you all, it's time for you to start leading a group. It really is. I mean, I hope that you're in a group right now so you can lead a group next semester or lead a group next year. People all around the nation, all around the world, churches I go to have this common thing. They say, well, I just feel like I'm not growing. Almost like the church is supposed to make you grow, but you have Bible. Listen, I haven't said under the word in 15 years, but I'm still growing now more than ever. Why? Because you're not fed by eating and reading. You're fed by feeding. And some of y'all need to lead a group because that's how you're going to grow. You think your spiritual growth is because you need to go to another church. The devil is a liar. You need to get more active in the church that you're in. You need to lead a group and make disciples. Yeah, when you first get saved, you surround yourself around the word, but you plateau if you don't start helping other people. So now you want to know the best marriage advice that I could give you? Help somebody else have a great marriage. If you want your marriage on top, help somebody else's marriage be on top. You want somebody, you want your marriage to be all that? Help somebody else's marriage to be all that. Because you are fed by feeding. You are not fed by eating or fed by reading. You are fed by feeding. And you need to feel the pressure of somebody coming over your house or meeting you at a coffee shop every single week. If, oh my God, here comes another week. I got 10 more weeks of this. Yes, because it will keep you on your toes. What I have given to you this weekend has helped my marriage. Because of a cancer battle for the last year, we haven't done any marriage stuff. And all of a sudden, as I fed myself so that I could feed you, it sharpened me. I want the same for you guys today. Did you guys enjoy the Word of God today? If you enjoyed it, could you put your hands together? Come on, somebody. Would you give the Lord praise online? We believe the power of God is here to heal and to save and to deliver today. Come on, somebody.